Hello, welcome to He's Hot, but something's off with me, just Joey T. I've got a fan. I hope you guys can't hear it. I've got a fan on the side of me here because it's pretty warm in my house and I can't, my AC is so loud for sure. When I had the home inspection done for this place, I remember I was walking back into the apartment to check the mailbox or do something. I don't know what it was. And my realtor and the home inspector person was in there. And the home inspector person had the panel down from the AC in the ceiling. And it was running. And I noticed how loud it was. But I just assume, well, the panel's down. And maybe it was at max speed because the home inspector guy is testing the thing and pushing it to make sure it's okay. There's only one speed. And it's, like, loud all the time. And I wish for a much I wish for quiet AC unit. It's not that bad, but it's loud enough where when I'm in the living room, I have to turn up the volume on the TV for sure when the AC kicks in. When I'm sleeping, it's not that bad. It's actually the quietest when I'm in this room in the house right now, but it's just the furthest away from the AC. But because when, I, when I'm recording, though, when I'm recording for YouTube, when I'm recording for the podcast, you know, we need to keep the noise down. So I have to turn it off. So sometimes when I'm recording this, I'm sweating. But I have this fan, which is pretty quiet. So anyways, that was probably TMI. But I am in the middle of uh, packing for my cruise. As you're listening to this, I am still on my cruise. Hopefully I made it. Even if I didn't, I think this is still going to go up uh, whenever this goes up. Um, But... I was getting prepared to do everything before I went off on this cruise. This in Europe is for 10 days. The annoying thing about going on vacation and going on a trip is the amount of chores you have and errands you have multiply because you have a vacation coming up. You have to do all your laundry. You have to clean up the house because you want to leave it dirty. You have to take all the recycling, take out all the trash run the dishwasher, uh, wrap up this, do the dry cleaning, whatever, all this stuff. So there's like a bunch of stuff that I have to do. And I yesterday went out to try to fix my flat tire because I did my citizenship test uh, earlier. And when I got back to the parking lot, the car beeped at me right away when I turned it on to say, you have a flat tire because all the tires, it's got um, pressure sensors in all the tires. This stupid car that I've had, it's got so many tire issues. I really don't drive that much. I had worked remotely before, and now I don't have the 9 to 5. I drive. I walk to the gym now. I used to drive to the gym. This year, I've been walking to the gym because it's actually pretty close. I, there's no reason for me to drive, really. I drive when I go to the airport or if I have to go somewhere further away or when I get groceries. I really don't drive that often on an average week i drive once and it's not very far so to have driven so little and haven't had the car for that long i have it for two years maybe the amount of tires this stupid car goes to is like effing ridiculous but i couldn't get the tire fixed yesterday due to complicated technical reasons that i will not bore you with now so but the the new car comes in like four or five weeks so I'm hoping the new car, I'll have much better luck with tires. And I just need to, when I'm back from the cruise, back from Europe, I'll fix the tire. And then I will, it will just go away. It will be traded in. So 
There you go. I'm not a very patient, not a very patient person. I went to this one, this tire place that I usually go to. That's a mile, mile, mile and a half, ten minute drive, something like that. And I've been there two or three times. You know, when you have cars, sometimes your tires puncture. You can get a patch. Sometimes you need new tires, but they're worn. So I've gone to this place a couple of times, and basically they said, well, because of this. Technical whatever thing, we can't patch your tire, but you could try a mom and pop shop or you go to a discount tire. Because I guess this guy knows the type of places that would like skirt the rules per se, or just patch it and not worry about the whatever. And I looked up there. The next closest discount tire was North North Hollywood, I think technically, or on the edge of it. It'd be a 20, 25-minute drive. And, oh, by the way, my phone right now, I ran out of cellular data for the month. And it ran out a few days ago. And it renews on, like, Sunday, this Sunday. So I don't have any bars. I, I can get phone calls and text messages, but I don't do either of those things on my phone. It's all about the internet. So I was doing this while my phone didn't have internet. So this guy told me this, and, and what he told me, the technical reasons why, I actually kind of knew. So again, I'm not going to bore you guys with all the technical car mumble jumbo. So I wasn't mad at all, but I kind of sort of knew in the back of my head. I wasn't actively thinking about it, but I actually knew about that. But anyways, I didn't have internet. I couldn't Google look up anything on my phone. So it was, this place was close to my house anyway, so I just drove back to the house, parked the car, Got back to my apartment and looked up the next closest discount tire place was 20 minutes. And I was thinking, I can get it fixed now and just get it over with. Or I just have to worry about it when I come back. And this was two days before I was supposed to fly off um, to Europe. And I could have just done all the effort that day. But I just didn't want to be, I didn't want to run that chore that errand right at that time and i was like we're just gonna have to deal with this when i come back a lot of the times when i've driven to the airport my tire has blown so this time i'm gonna take a lyft or an uber which i'm very thankful for people that drive lives in ubers and provide people with that service maybe taxi drivers don't feel the same way and it's, I think it's a great service for people to use, to be able to, like, get around. I think it's great. I much rather drive myself. I would rather rent a car and drive myself if it wasn't really more expensive or if it wasn't so difficult to rent a car. Um, I don't like being in a car with a complete stranger. When I was in Chicago for market days, previous years when I went to market days, I think we took Ubers and Lyfts everywhere. This year, partially to save money, I took the train everywhere. And it was actually surprisingly easy to just take the train. I don't know why we didn't take the train more often before. Um, and it was only 5 bucks for each train ride, which is cheaper than $20, $30, $40, $50 for, to get a Lyft or Uber or whatever. But I don't love the idea of being in a car with a stranger, not because I think it's a dangerous thing, but 
I don't like to make small talk. I don't like to socialize. A lot of Uber drivers, maybe not a lot, but there's, there's enough of them. A lot of Uber and Lyft drivers will make small talk with you. I remember one time I needed to take a longer ride to, oh, I needed to take a Uber or Lyft to get to a car dealership because uh, I just bought a car and I needed to pick it up. I didn't have a car. Um, so I had to take an Uber. And the dealership was kind of far away. It was like almost an hour away. So I was in this car. I don't know how we got into it. This lady, somehow she started talking about politics. And that's the last thing. Don't If you're going to make small talk, don't talk about don't talk about politics during a presidential election year. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to hear it. And it's not the type of conversation you can have light, pleasant conversation with, with any random person, at least not in the United States, in this type of political environment that we have right now. I just don't like the small talk. I want to sit back and relax and not say anything. On the apps now, though, I think you can select quietness. I think if you order the comfort option or whatever, there's an option to say you want a quiet ride. But I've heard from other people, this the quiet option means that you don't want to hear anything, which means you're also telling the driver to like turn their music off. And they can listen to whatever music they want. I've had people play jazz, classical, piano, rap, hip-hop. I really don't care. I always prefer them play the music because when it's just dead silent in the car and it's you and the driver, it's it could be a little awkward. So I don't turn the option on because I've heard the option means you don't want to talk and you want to sit in absolute silence, which I don't want to do that. I don't want to sit in absolute silence. I don't want them to talk to me. I don't want them to make conversation, but they can have whatever music on that they want. Sometimes the Uber drivers will have their own phone call going. And it's sometimes weird because I'm the type of person where if you are, I, I sometimes can't tell whether you're talking to me or not. There have been more than once or twice where, not in an Uber car, car ride situation, but someone from slightly, from a small distance away, a slight distance away, they say something in my general direction or they say something in their general vicinity and I thought they were talking to me, but they were not. It's so awkward. I am missing some part of the spidey sense that allows me to reliably differentiate between when someone is a short distance away, whether they're talking to me or not. The other thing is I'm also very bad at sometimes actually understanding what someone is saying. I was with David Lamb. I don't know where this was. I was with someone. I don't know where David Lamb. I was with someone, and we were out and about doing something, and we were trying to buy something or order drinks or something, a restaurant, some situation. And someone was asking me something. Maybe we were ordering food. Someone was asking me something. <laughs> I had this poor lady repeat herself three times, because I kept not understanding what she was saying. I don't remember what she exactly said. Maybe we were ordering 
drinks or coffee or food or something. Some very regular everyday situation. But her accent was just thick enough. For the life of me, I could not understand what she was. She repeated herself three times. Until David or whoever I was with translated for me what the person was saying. Like, oh, I'm horrible with accents. I can't deal with them. Horrible with figuring out whether someone's talking to me or not. So something's wrong with my hearing for sure. And, and I don't like the small talk. But anyways, this, this is a big tangent, guys. My car, it's got the flat tire. I will fix it when I'm back. Um, oh, but by, by the way, th- this is recorded two weeks ago because I can't record and upload a podcast while I'm on the ship. But I have a schedule every, every Thursday. Y'all are getting a podcast. Um, but I'm going to just take an Uber. Sometimes you get an Uber and it's like not so nice inside. When you just get the regular Uber X or the regular Lyft, sometimes it's like a decent car. I've never been in, okay, I was going to say I've never been in a dirty car, but I think once in a great while, rarely, I've been in a car that's not the cleanest. I wouldn't say it's outright dirty, but it's not been the cleanest. I was in Chicago a couple months ago with my friend to see the Trice concert. I mentioned this, uh, the podcast a week after when I came back. And we were at the shopping mall, uh, and then we were both grabbing uh, a Lyft for Uber to go back to the hotel. This car was beat up. Uh, it was a little Scion, like a Toyota thing. And the paint was completely not shiny. You know how people do the matte finish paint or like the vinyl wrap to make the car intentionally not glossy looking? But it looks good. This was, this is... Not the same. This is when the paint on your car has acid rain and corroded away. So the side of the car was gray. The rest of the car was white. The paint, the white paint had faded away. That's how bad it was. And from the sound of the engine and judging by how many loose interior trim pieces were loose inside the car. And when I remember this because he said... It was his first day or week or whatever doing Lyft. And in my head, I was thinking, first of all, he had a lot of trouble finding where we were. He couldn't find us. We were very like exact with where we dropped a pin in the app. And he kept circling and circling and circling. He couldn't find us. The second thing is, his car was in horrible shape. This car would not pass an inspection, for sure. If you got pulled over and the cops saw your car like that, they would be suspecting something fishy is going on here. And the third thing is, we got in the car, he says something like, it's his first day or week or whatever that he's driving, and the standard response was, oh, you're doing a great job, blah, blah, blah. In my head, I was thinking, this is not going to be a very long career as a driver for you if you can't just use your GPS and just drive to the pin. You just drop a pin on the road, just drive there. And the second, your car isn't such disarray it's in such like bad condition i don't think you're gonna get that many five stars honestly so yeah i am gonna get it's not very money saving i'm supposed to be saving money and not splurging on anything well i mean i'm going to europe for a cruise i guess that's kind of um kind of like being hypocrite there but i was gonna 
get slightly nicer Uber or Lyft. But when you go into the app, you can select a slightly nicer car, like a Lux or a Black or whatever. Sometimes you check because while we're in Chicago for uh, that Trice concert, after the concert, we're trying to take a car back to the hotel. And the price for a Lux, like a nicer car, was actually a little cheaper than the regular ones because everyone got it from this concert, from this giant arena, like thousands of people. Everyone called a regular Uber X or regular Lyft. And because everyone was trying to get a regular car, the prices for those spiked up. No one thought to get the Lux or the premium option because most people don't. So I was scrolling through the app to get a like nicer car was five or 10 bucks cheaper than get the regular one. And it was going to be, you know, a shorter wait. So yeah. So sometimes, especially if you're coming out of a crowded situation, make sure you check, but sometimes the more expensive options are cheaper and faster. So there you go. My flight's not too very late at night. And I just want a nice, relaxing, peaceful, minus small talk, start to my vacation trip. I have to hop on three planes to get to Europe. I'm going to be in transit for a long time. So I want it to be a nice, peaceful start. So I'm thinking I'll get the Lux option. I'm going to maybe have to toggle that quiet ride, whatever thing. Headphones on. Sometimes they just talk to you. I think I need my headphones on. And um, because my phone doesn't have bars, I'm going to be just listening to music in the car, I guess. Yeah, so there you go. I was going to go to uh, one of the airport lounges and get food there. Uh, but I have access to certain lounges for my credit cards and um, frequent flyer status or whatever. But they close at 10, and I couldn't. Uh, but they close at 10, and my fight is like midnight. Uh, but for the if you've ever been at a busy airport, and sometimes you see lines uh, for something random at the airport. In, in airport, you don't see a line unless it's TSA or at a gate. So if you're at a, especially in a larger international airport, and you see a random lineup that's not for a gate and not for TSA, it's probably for a lounge because airport lounges are so crowded now. I was in uh, Denver, uh, Denver International Airport. They have an Amex lounge there, and uh, I like going to the Amex lounges. They're some of the better lounges. Denver Airport is a very busy airport. It's a massive airport. And I transited through there two or three times recently, earlier this year, earlier in the summer. And the first time I went there, I did have some time to kill, but not a lot. Went to the Amex Lounge, uh, and they had uh, started doing a wait list. So basically, they get your phone number. They text you. Uh, when they have a spot available, they text you back. I didn't have enough time to actually make it back because I only had 40, 45 minutes before my next fight. It wasn't enough time to wait all that, be on the wait list and do all that and still have time to go into the lounge and do anything useful. But the second time I went back, did the waitlist thing again. So many people have these credit cards and everything now. Um, they were handing them out like candy, uh, the airline statuses during the pandemic to get people to fly more. That there's so many people uh, that have lounge access and the, the lounge passes and this and that. Sometimes I just find a quiet area of the airport. I find a gate where there are no flights coming up, uh, like an empty gate, and I just chill there. That, if you don't have lounge access, I will tell you, if you find an empty gate or like a quiet area in the airport to chill out at, that is likely more peaceful and a more 
luxurious experience. They're trying to find a seat in a busy lounge. Because you go into a lounge when it's busy, there's a line up, first of all. God knows how long you're going to wait. Second, you go in, it's completely packed. Yes, there's like food and drinks in there. The national lounges have free alcohol, like open bar kind of. They cut you off. You can't just drink 20 shots or whatever. But it's open bar and they have hot foods and they've got cookies and fruits. That kind of stuff. That, that part of it, the food and drink part is very, very nice. But God help you, you need to find a place to sit down to have that drink or to eat that free food. If the lounge is very busy, it's, the seating is going to be very difficult to come by. Um, so a lot of times I don't even do the lounges. So for the people that don't have lounge access that are jealous, don't. Because I have access to a decent amount of lounges when I travel now, depending on where I'm going, if it's international flight, what airport I'm in. Half the time I don't go because I would rather just have more space. And you have more space if you just find empty gate to camp out at for like a couple hours. No, there's no free food at when you just do that, and there's no free drinks, but it beats lining up for 30, 45, however long it is to get into a super busy lounge just to get the free food, but then having to like find a tiny little nook to eat it in, assuming they even have free seats, right? So the, uh, the lounge experience is not what it used to be, and it's not what it's cracked up to be now. Unfortunately. All right. Um, I've been watching a lot. Of, I mentioned this before. I've been watching a lot of HGTV. It's the thing I put in on the background. I put YouTube on in the background as well. But when I'm preparing to go on to a long flight, I try not to watch anything on YouTube because anything I want to watch on YouTube, I put onto my tablet and I'll save it for when I'm on the plane. Uh, there's, I mentioned last, a, a couple of podcasts ago, I mentioned the um, Heartstopper, which is um, a TV show on Netflix. Season two just came out, and I was obsessed with the first season. I mentioned it, and uh, I downloaded it onto my tablet because I was going to watch it when I was flying to Marketplace in Chicago a month ago, and I didn't end up watching it. There's this weird thing sometimes where I feel like, oh, I want to save it for later because I don't want to just watch it and be like have it be over which is kind of like a very weird thing to it's a very weird feeling to have but I still haven't watched that I downloaded a whole bunch of new videos but Discover Plus which is what HGTV comes on the streaming service the app I don't think the app lets you download anything or with the cheap the cheapest plan I bought which is five bucks a month which is I can really afford for that um, or maybe the cheapest plan doesn't let you download anything so I'm like, okay, I'm packing for my flight and everything. There, there, there are movies and shows and stuff that I can download that I will save for uh, when I'm flying. And with the long layovers and long flights, I'll save that to watch there. And I'm going to watch something that I can't download, which is HGTV, which I watch a lot of anyways. I love watching HGTV. I've been watching House Hunters a lot. And um, there's Ollie Wong's a comedian. I'm, I'm sure a bunch of you know her. And in one of her stand-up specials, she makes this joke about house hunters where um, you know which house they're going to pick. It's whichever house Deborah wants. As in, it's whichever house the wife wants, you know, F the husband, right? And it's kind of a fun game to watch the show, like watch house hunters and decide which house they're going to get at the end. But my favorite show is the ones where they do the remodels. I would love to have 
Uh, I would love to find a fixer upper. No, this is not compatible with my current financial situation right now, but I would love for one day in the hopefully not too distant future to be able to buy a fixer upper, like a completely rundown house that just needs to be gutted, hasn't been renovated ever. It's built like 50 years ago and everything needs to be remodeled basically. I would love to find a fixer upper, gut it, and then just do it exactly how I would want it. I think that would be so much fun. And I think that puts a bunch of equity in the house as well if you do it right. Uh, but that takes a lot of time. In HGTV, in TV land, they build a whole house. They, they can remodel a whole house in two to three months. And that's with, that's with TV magic. And with like HGTV, I'm sure when they do these shows where they got a whole house and remodel the whole thing, obviously you're only seeing 30 minutes or an hour of that remodel. But they tell you what the timeline is. It's seven weeks or it's three months or however long it is. I think that's a very accelerated schedule because, for first of all, for TV, they need to record and do a certain number of houses, basically one house per episode, and they need to do enough houses in a short enough amount of time to be able to come up with new seasons of all the shows, right? But in the real world, I think it's not three to four months to redo a whole house. It's six to 12 months. It takes maybe even upwards of a year to have like a big remodel on a house. But I would love to be able to pick the countertops that I like. I'm like quartz. I would love to pick like even little nitty picky things like the type of light switches that are to be installed, the type of windows, the type of doors, things like that, which is like the really geeky part of me. Uh, I would love to be able to build my own house in, 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 Sometime in the future, I would, I would love for that experience. My one of my good friends in Sydney, he just did that. Uh, he bought a kind of sort of ran down house. There's actually a funny story about that. When he first bought that house, it was before the pandemic, and I visited for uh, Mardi Gras, which is kind of sort of like the Sydney Pride. For Sydney Mardi Gras, I visited there, and um, his house has a bunch of. Uh, it's like a row house. It's got a bunch of levels. And uh, I actually slept with him, not have sex with him, but I shared a bed with him. But he had a whole bunch of people visiting. The whole house was full of visitors. And, I, you know, we're good friends. So we just, like, he got a king-size bed. So, like, I just, like, slept in his bed with him. And the thing with the house is there were, this sounds super gross, and it is. It's super gross. There were cockroaches in the house. No joke. I'm this, not kidding. Like, literally, there were cockroaches in the house. I remember uh, during the day, we'd be hanging out in the kitchen, and once in a while, there'd be a cockroach that, like, crawls up into the counter. And I hate, hate, hate cockroaches. Like, cockroaches is probably, like, one of the things I hate the most because, because I think when I grew up, sometimes we had cockroaches because we grew up in Hong Kong. It's like a hot, humid climate. You know, it just... It just, sometimes you just see them, right? Um, in like dry, cold climates, you don't see them as much. But in warm, humid climates, you see them more often. So I think I got really freaked out seeing them as a kid. So that probably didn't help. And they just, they run, they run so fast and they're so hard to kill. And sometimes they're massive. Some of them fly. <laughs> anyway, so I, 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 it, it freaks me out just talking about it. As I got older, I've been 
you know, now that I'm an adult, I'm a little less freaked out by them. But anyways, slept in his bed. And one night, um, I felt something on my back. You know, sometimes you just get like a, like, you know, a strand of hair or something. And like, it itches or like, you just get a random itch, but it's nothing. But long story short, I was sleeping in his bed and it was in the basement. And there was a, cockroach that was crawling on my back basically something was definitely crawling on my back and like i woke up and i got completely freaked out and like brushed it off my back and when i turned around the cockroach was like had like crawled off the bed by then but like i was so so freaked out to have a cockroach crawl my back like in when i was sleeping in bed it was like so horrible anyways woke the entire basement up because there were four of us that were sleeping in the basement. Like, they were, they were all really good friends of mine. And I remember David Lamb was one of them. David Lamb said, uh, I woke him up, obviously, because I was yelling and, like, freaking out. David Lamb's like, he's half asleep. He wasn't trying to shade me or make, make it funny. But I think he was just half asleep and he just said something, whatever was the first thing on his mind. What he said was, oh, why do you have to be so dramatic in the, his half-asleep state? But anyways, his house is completely redone now. Throughout the pandemic, I think he got the permits and everything. He got it together. Um, and when I first visited his place, it was like a few years ago before the pandemic. But I visited him again, also for Sydney Mardi Gras um, earlier this year. And his place, it just got finished in the winter. It's completely done now. Not, no cockroaches. The insect situation is completely uh, taken care of. But he did what I wanted to do. Basically, he got a house that needed a lot of work. He gutted the entire place. And from the outside, it looks the same, but the inside, it's, like, completely redone. Like, every every piece of drywall is new. Every light fixture is new. Every floorboard is brand new. Every towel in the shower and the kitchen is brand new. It's got, like, a super, super nice place. It's done in, like, a very modern way, which is also the way I would love to do it. Very modern. A lot of wood accents, uh, which I love. Really nice kitchen, really nice bathrooms. So I would love to be able to do that. So uh, if, if you want to help me achieve that dream, maybe you can. I, need, I just need some money. I, I think I need to maybe get back on that 905. That's really the dream that I have. But anyways, thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. Again, I'm in Europe, assuming I didn't miss the cruise ship uh, on my cruise right now. But Next week, we will return to regularly scheduled programming, and I will have an update on the cruise and stories for Europe for you. Until next time, bye.